So I got my man. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And in the studio. <laughs> hey, in the flesh. In the flesh. Man, it's uh, you got to pay a premium to get me in did person I te- these days. Did I tell you we're on YouTube? No. Yeah, there's the camera right there. Hey. Well, <laughs> I like looking at you. Okay, well, hey. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> so... So this will be the first time I, I've been on camera on YouTube before. You haven't. Nope. And I've been telling you people, I, what, I started calling them explorers. Is that okay? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah? Yeah. So I've been kind of starting on the <clears throat> on the little offshoot podcast we have, the the Vowels, which now that I look at it, it's a terrible name for it. Because I've got Vow 1, Vow 2. It looks like we're getting married <laughs> or something. It, verse of the week. Oh, okay. V-O-W. Yeah, but yeah you look at it on the on the list under podcast. It's just like, <laughs> Vow. What are we going through? A marriage I don't know. You know, hey, encounter well, here? I don't know. Anyway. I'm thinking little door explorers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. You know, someone worked hard on that song. I know. Yeah. Same with the Barney song. I, I do kind of want to slap that guy. Remember that song? I hate Barney. Oh, God. I love you. You love me. Uh, and now you wonder why, why dinosaurs are extinct. You guys remember that Demi Lovato was the star of Barney for a long time, right? No. No. Really? Yes, that's where she got her start. Well, I knew Andrea, uh, uh, what's uh, Grande? Uh, uh, oh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah, she Grande. started on a little show that she was the most annoying person in the world. She had a voice like this all the time and she ran around. And have you ever, what show am I thinking of? My, my kids like used to watch it. the Nickelodeon one? Yeah, it was a Nickelodeon uh, show. Yeah. Uh, Cat or something, Cat. Her name was Cat. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't even the star of the show. Uh, no, it was, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. I can see her. I can see her face. They all in school. They do stupid things. And her name was Cat and she was just the most annoying creature on the planet. <laughs> Kind of the 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 little tiny <clears throat> female version of Barney. Oh, okay. but she wasn't purple. <laughs> um, a lot of those stars started out in those yeah little yeah, Nickelodeon. Selena shows. Gomez was on was it Wizards of Waverly Place. Well, look at Britney Spears. She was a yeah. her and Timberlake were both uh, Mouseketeers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, weird. So was um, what was the other one um, that was a Mouseketeer? Uh, um, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. She was a Oh, yeah, she was. She was. Mm-hmm. And several of them were. And now now Blake is married to her, right? No, no, no. That's Gwen Stefani. He, he married Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he broke up with his girlfriend yeah. and or wife or whatever mm-hmm. and married Horsetooth. Miranda Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen, Gwen Stefani bothers me. I'm not a fan. Well, she opens her mouth and you see nothing but teeth. I mean, you never see a hole in her face. I mean, she is a, it's like she sings between her teeth like this. She's really good. Yeah. But it's like, <clears throat> good Lord. She stole some horse's teeth somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. It just, who'd you say, Kyle? What'd you say? Mariah Lambert. Mariah Lambert? Well, I said, well, that's who Blake was married to before. Was Miranda Lambert? Miranda, yeah. Miranda Lambert. I hate that name. Miranda Lambert. We went and saw. <laughs> it sounds like you're one of those. Uh, um, what are the little one-eyed creatures that looks like a tic tac? 
Minions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Miranda Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you see one of those one-eyed oh, guys yeah. Miranda Lambert? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought some of her wine once. She actually has some good wine. Huh. Uh, I went to Tyler, I guess it is. She's from Tyler. and uh, Right outside of Tyler. Yeah, and they have a Miranda Lambert wine <laughs> place. <laughs> Uh, but we went and saw her in uh, in concert, and uh, my wife loves Miranda Lambert. And I can't say it any other way. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that should be the uh, you know like when you buzz somebody when they you know like when they say a bad word or something instead of bitch <laughs> Miranda Lambert. <laughs> and then I looked at my Miranda Lambert. <laughs> That's some of my favorite stuff is the uh, un- uncalled for censorship or whatever they call it. Uh-huh. The un un. I don't remember what you, you know what I'm talking about, Kyle, when they do the censorship when it's really not supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny. Yeah, instead of going, eh, Miranda Lambert. <laughs> if Miranda sees this, she's going to be very angry with me. But then again, Oprah hates me, so that's true. who cares? Hey, yeah. let's get into some weird news. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do this. That's our new news thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I know. We did it last week, yeah, too. That's but cool. But yeah, it's pretty new. All right. So I was telling you guys that I started naming our news feeds or our, our, our weird news. And um, and all of these, just so the listeners understand, are 100% true. They're, we didn't make anything up. We're not that good. Um, the, the title of this story is, I'll take that to go, please. Okay. An Irving Park man is charged with attempted murder in connection with shooting that led to a police chase that ended with a driver crashing into a Lincoln Square Giddings Plaza. Alexandra Mahai, M-I-H-A-I, Mahai, 19, will appear in bond court on Thursday. He's been charged with attempted murder, possession of a stolen vehicle, and possession of a controlled substance. Police said that Mahai drove a stolen car that had a gun in it and was involved in a shooting. Uh, the shooting happened around 2 o'clock at the 4200 block of Northwestern Avenue. Um, someone in the stolen vehicle, in the stolen Porsche drove up beside someone else's car and shot into the other car, striking the victim. The driver of the Porsche then fled at a high rate of speed. At a high rate of speed? <laughs> I don't know why you're doing that, Kyle. You're killing me. <laughs> I was testing. What are you testing? I'm, I'm, we'll find out in a minute. Okay. Police said the shooting victim, 25, he's going to be okay. Um, but apparently the driver uh, crashed into the, crashed into, what did I say? It was Lincoln Square, mm-hmm. left the vehicle, left on foot. Uh, they began chasing him where he ran into a Mexican restaurant, which was all well and good, except the only people in the Mexican restaurant were about 12 armed police officers. Nice. And, of course, they'd all been listening to it on the radio. (laughs) And here he comes. Wow. I guess, like I said, he'll take that to go. Yep. Dinner is served. (laughs) I just find this a little bit humorous. Apparently in the Netherlands, Vincent Corneliuson posted a picture that he took of a goose flying upside down. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Of course, that prompted everybody to have these theories about why the goose was flying upside down. Was uh, I think sick? he was drunk. Was it injured? Was it, no, he wasn't that either. Um, 
So a bird expert finally chimed in, and you know what the bird's doing? No. It's called whiffling. He's just showing off. Oh. They have balls for that, don't they? Whiffling. Not the birds. They, they <laughs> the bird balls. <laughs> no, they, no, they have, they have yeah, whiffle, whiffle balls. balls. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, yeah, apparently. Speaking of which, you ever, you ever smelled, you ever smelled uh, mothballs? Yeah. How'd you get their little legs apart? <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I walked into that one. All right. Here's the next story. Firemen don't like donuts. All right. Uh, according to an incident report from the Madison Fire Department, authorities got a call reporting a fire at 1020 p.m. Saturday. Upon arriving the hotel parking lot at 4800 block of Hayes Road, firefighters saw one car fully engulfed in flames and the vehicle next to it also in flames. According to the driver, he was doing donuts in the parking lot when the rear of the car started smoking and burst into flames. He exited the car, ran into the hotel, looking for a fire extinguisher. He couldn't find one, and by the time firefighters were there, both cars were fully engulfed in flames. See, firemen don't like donuts. (laughs) See, now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see? Trying to be Paul Harvey over here. All right, here's one. This Now, this one cracks me up. Okay. This one I call Light You Up. Okay. All right. Now, in Japan, I'm not going to read this whole story because it's very long, but I'm going to summarize. In Japan, it's very difficult to get a hold of any type of weapon. That includes guns, knives, or anything else. It's very difficult to walk around the streets of Japan with, uh, with a weapon. <laughs> However, Tomoharu... Nakamuru, I guess you have to oh, when you do that. Tamahuru Nakamuru of Sapporo took that a little, little too far. The 41-year-old was arrested on multiple charges in addition to attempt of robbery with a lighter. Okay. <laughs> at around 3.30 p.m. on August 21st at a convenience store in Kyoto Ward, Nakamura allegedly entered the store, clicked his lighter, and pointed at the manager saying, Out with the money or I'll light you up. Oh my God. <laughs> That's exactly oh my what I Jesus, <laughs> That reminds me of the guy from TikTok. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, since the manager was not a scarecrow, he took the calculated risk that instead of. <laughs> Instead of bowing to the demands of Nakamura, he just called the police. Oh, my gosh. I thought he at least used the end of it as to no, simulate no, 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 a no. gun or something. No, the funny thing is, police quickly arrived on scene, and Nakamura then turned the lighter onto them. Oh, jeez. At least get some WD-40 or something. I mean, come on. <laughs> nope. Oh. All right. Here's the next one. Now, that's fast. That's the name of this one. A roller coaster in Japan known for its super death acceleration to triple digit speeds was reportedly shut down after riders suffered serious bone fractures. Multiple news agencies reported four cases of fractures in the back and neck linked to the do 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 nimpa. What is that word? <laughs> do do nimpa. Sure. Do, 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 do. I don't know. The coaster in Fuji Q Highland Park. Um, so they had to shut it down. Now, here's the funny part. That's not the funny part. It is the funny part. But this same park had gotten 
Oh, what, 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 I got to find it. I got to find it. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. The same part came under fire last year during the pandemic when it said, please do not. Oh, everyone was screaming as they were getting on the, on the, on the fire. This is a quote from the newspaper. Please scream inside your heart instead of out loud to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. No way. Swear it's written in print right there. <laughs> oh my Please scream gosh. in your heart. Gosh. Kyle, you watch TikTok a lot, right? You squeeze too hard and it might come out the other end. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different disease we got to worry about. So, so Kyle was talking about, um, talking about the TikTok. The ones I love are the ones of the slingshot. Where they, you know, you, you know what's what I'm talking about, Kyle? That that slingshot ride where they pull you down and then poof. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ones of the guys that just pass out. They just, you know, the biggest bird, they look like you. Yeah. And they just, they take off, they're like, ah! <laughs> and that's it. They're done for the ride. That's the whole ride for them. They just paid $45 to pass oh, out. Gosh. <laughs> All right, I got one more. Kyle, this is from Australia. Um, okay. Kyle, Kyle visited Australia a little bit. Um, apparently, where in Australia? Uh, it's along the coast. I don't have a specific, I do have a specific place somewhere in here, but I don't know exactly where the northeastern coast of Australia. Um, divers have been, are starting to be accosted by the Apsurius levius, also known as the olive sea snake. Um, these snakes are beginning to get closer and closer to the divers and beginning to wrap around their legs and feet. These are venomous. Uh, they're usually not deadly, but they are venomous. Why are the snakes doing something like this? They're, they're in heat. Okay. <laughs> they are trying to court the divers. <laughs> One of the people said that, what was the quote she put? The quote was, I don't know how you would say it other than that the snakes have their beer goggles on <laughs> and their hormones are skewing their behavior. <laughs> that was a quote from one of the biologists. Oh, oh biologists. So it wasn't like one of those toothless rednecks. No, no, it was Kate Sanders, who's, a, a, who's an evolutionary yeah, scientist. Okay. She also quoted that it's just best to let them finish. <laughs> and that if you try to aggressively to get, get them off, that they will bite you. So just let them finish. Let them finish. I got you. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> they are venomous and they will kill you. I mean, if, if bitten long enough and, and, and multiple times, they are deadly. So you can fight them if you want to, but the experts say let them finish. And then you can take a shower, smoke a cigarette, and go to bed. <laughs> Do you get to charge extra for it? I don't know, but we're done with this. <laughs> It's your story, man. <laughs> All right. So as we speak right this minute, um, Hurricane Ida is coming off, uh, just just made landfall a couple of hours ago at Lafouche Parish uh, in southern Louisiana. Um I've got some relatives that actually live in Grand Isle, which uh, was just right in the target zone of that. They used to. Well, yeah, and then I've got other relatives that are in Baton Rouge and Slidell. I'm hoping they all got out because it's it's kind of headed uh, towards the Baton Rouge area. Um, 
and Ida was 145 mile an hour or 150 miles an hour when it hit. Um, And then there was the Slidell, not Slidell, the Grand Isle Police Chief. I think you showed some videos on your Facebook page of of Mm -hmm. Grand Isle. And the police chief there was on the was on with the news team, and uh, he measured winds at 148 miles an hour. Uh-huh. So it was every he bit of what, what the 100 what? Yeah, he had measured winds at 148 miles an hour. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's just like God has been trying to get rid of New Orleans for quite a while now. At some point, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> poor people, man. Yeah, I know it's it's bad. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, they got out. But well, what it, you're worried about? Our president has had a phone call with FEMA. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if it's anything like Afghanistan, well, psh, nobody's there, right? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just all, they're all gone. The president took a phone call. Yeah, it's all worked out. Yeah, I'll be there. No more questions. That's it. Okay, I guess we're done. Y'all be good for next week, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> Now, uh, yeah, yeah uh, this is going to be this is going to be interesting. Um, in the wake of Kabul and in the wake of everything else, this bumbling idiot has tried to uh, to do. This will be his first in other than the pandemic, which he has completely and utterly you know, just bow. Just um, how's he going to handle this? Or how are his handlers going to handle? Yeah, I can this? tell you how he's going to. He's going to put Kamala in charge of it. He's no, he's and then she'll go off to Honduras. Call. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna make a phone call. Yeah, of course he will. Um, I don't know who he's gonna call, but you know, Ghostbusters. I'm not sure, but FEMA. He's just he is FEMA. What they're supposed to do. He uh, is FEMA. Yeah, he's supposed to be the one in charge here. You know, hopefully I mean, FEMA has learned a bit since the last time around. Sixteen years ago but, today. Sixteen yeah. years ago today. Yeah, but you know, um, for as much bashing as they took. I actually defended FEMA. Now, don't get me wrong. They could have done a lot of things better. But, you know, I remember in particular, there was a story that came out. There was 10,000 travel trailers sitting in a pasture in Arkansas not being used. You know, how dare the government waste those resources? And uh, I've told Troy about this, so he probably has the number. But, Justin, I'll just ask you. In the wake of Katrina, how many trailers do you think FEMA provided for people, specifically for Hurricane Katrina? I don't know. 5,000? His ears are smoking. Yeah. 5,000? No, they provided over 120,000. My grandmother and aunt were one of them. <laughs> well, and that was probably for Rita, and that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was going to say it was Rita. 120,000 but... uh, plus from Katrina did not include the additional trailers that they also provided to people in southwest Louisiana and southeast Texas after Rita hit shortly afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, you can blast them all you want, but fact of the matter is FEMA really, you know, achieved something that no other civilization has ever been able to do. No, and, um, and Bush got such a such a horrible rap, uh, rap over well, that. Well, there was a lot of mistakes. Um, well, there was, but it wasn't, I don't think it was on the federal level. I think it was on the local level. Yeah, there's no um, challenges. It was, yeah. I mean, that was more the governor and the mayor that, that you know, were more at fault at that than anything. Um, well, and I also personally, and this is just my opinion, blame the national media because, you know, I, I was watching the coverage and they were all based in the French Quarter and you know they were all reporting 
on Canal Street. Yeah. And if you remember, everybody said over and over again, New Orleans dodged a bullet. New Orleans mm. dodged a bullet. <clears throat> yeah. New Orleans dodged a bullet. The only big thing anybody noted was the roof of the Superdome. Right. Then, like, two days later... That's when the levee broke. ...reporters are going down to Canal Street, and they're like, wait a minute, why is there water on Canal Street? Hmm, maybe we need to be looking around and see what's going on. Nobody was going out into the city, and nobody was checking on the levees, so none of that was being reported. Um, meanwhile, things were just absolutely swirling down the toilet bowl as far as the, the society in New Orleans is concerned because, I mean, it just descended into chaos quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they had problems with rescue helicopters making it in and supposedly people shooting at that. And I mean, it was it was just a mess all the way around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of mistakes made. But uh, going back to the trailers, the other thing about those trailers is – and this is something else I've told people, you know, let's say, for example, you had 10 acres and you contact FEMA and said, hey, I've got room for you to put 500 trailers on my 10 acres and you can lease the land or whatever. It's not a matter of just bringing trailers to a place and setting them up. You have to provide electricity for hundreds yeah. of trailers, yeah. water for hundreds of trailers, sewage for hundreds of trailers. They actually provided cable TV, I believe, to most of them. But the other thing is, because it was a government thing, they all had to be ADA compliant. So every single one of those travel trailers had to have a stoop constructed to put on the front. Well, so, and they, they were not actual. I mean, some of them were, but most of them were not actually travel trailers. Uh, these were made specifically for what they were being used for because, you know, a travel trailer is typically self-contained. It's got a water tank and it's got its own uh, sewage and you can actually go park it, plug it in, and, and for a few days you can be fine. Uh, these are not that way. They had no fresh water. They had no um, storage tanks. They had nothing. So you, everything had to be hooked up with these things before they could be livable, um, which, no, FEMA did a great job, and, and I'm sure they will do a, a, a great job again. And like I said, George Bush took a, a heck of a hit on that, um, which I don't think all of it was deserved. I think maybe a little bit was. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that the governor and the mayor of that, of that you know, town and state, they, they, really, they really dropped the ball on that one. And, um, and the mayor this time, and, and I almost screamed at her this time, almost, um, because yesterday at around noon, 1 o'clock, she made an announcement for people to, to shelter in place in New Orleans. Um, and I was just about to scream, really, we're going to do this again? Uh, the problem was that the I-10 corridor was so backed up that you weren't getting anywhere. Yeah. Uh, now, later in the evening and later in the afternoon and early this morning, uh, they said, okay, if you can get out, get out. And at that time... This morning, the, the freeways were still pretty packed, but they were moving. Um, and the one thing I saw when I was watching the, 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 cha the news channel, um, I saw all the, everybody going west, which I don't know why nobody wants to go east, but everybody was going west. Um, and the other lanes were empty. And of course, the first thing in my head is, why aren't we doing contraflow? And that was the first thing I thought of. And sure enough, Jim Cantori goes, now, before you get upset about us not doing the contraflow, we didn't have near enough time to set this up. Which, I don't know if that's true or not. We've had, since Thursday, I think, 
They've said that this was going to come. Now, it wasn't until yesterday that they started predicting it to be Category 3, Category 4. Yeah. Uh, up until then, it was going to be you know a 1 or a 2. It wasn't going to be that big a deal. So I'll give them a break on that one. I'll let them pass on that one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that she probably did a good thing because if you get everybody out on the road at one time, there's nothing. I mean, look what happened here in Rita. Mm-hmm. People were stuck on I-45 for days. Um, but <clears throat> so when I went in the Air Force, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, when I went in the Air Force, um, the day before I left for Guam was uh, sometime in June 1986, and a hurricane named Hurricane Bonnie. I don't know. Do you remember Hurricane Bonnie, Kyle, mm-hmm. in 1986? Um, yes, I do. And this is one of those one we lived in Beaumont, Texas, which is just a little bit further from from Houston, uh, on the east coast or down east on the on the Gulf Coast. And um, so, Hurricane Bonnie came in, and this is one of the few hurricanes that I've ever been through where the eye went directly over Beaumont, Texas. Uh, I've been in a lot where the eye skirted it, the eye went around it, but this one, the eye went directly over the top of Beaumont, Texas. And it wasn't that big of a hurricane. It was a cat one, cat two. It wasn't that big, but it was it was a hurricane. And we're right on the coast, so we're the first ones to get it. And uh, I remember I'm standing on my front porch and I'm watching across the street, and these trees are just just bowing, just bow and bow and bow and bow, and they're they're leaning way way over. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped. And they didn't stand back up, but they kind of came up a little bit, and the wind just stopped. Now I didn't get the clear blue sky thing or nothing like that. But everything stopped. I mean, literally stopped. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, of course, we go and we look at the news. Oh, we're in the eye. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> then the backside of the eye wall hit. When the backside of the eye wall hit, all of those pine trees <laughs> broke and took off. <laughs> they, didn't even, they didn't stand a chance. And the reason being was because as the eye wall approached, the wind got a little bit more and a little bit more. And it just slowly pushed them over. But the backside of the eye wall was 100 miles an hour. All of a sudden, and broke every tree. It was uh, back behind Miss Tomlin's house. Kyle's what I was talking about, if you remember that, where that church was mm-hmm. that we used to slide down that A-frame church, which was... Yep. Do you remember climbing that thing? Did you ever climb that with me? I never climbed it. Oh, I did. Probably because I knew what might happen to me. Oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> it was this church building, and I, I tell you, it was an A-frame, and it, it, you know, it looked like that. And then it had like a, a porch landing on here. So we would get on the porch landing and we would try to climb up to the top of that thing. Right. Which was great if you got up to the top, but there's only one way down. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, and I was, I always kept Todd Ashbacker in the back of my head, Kyle, when I slid down that church. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> going to talk about that. So the next day after Hurricane Bonnie, I got on an airplane and flew out to Guam. Skip ahead two years. And I'm flying home. I'm scheduled to come home. And darned if we didn't get a typhoon go right over the top of Guam with the eye going right over the center of Guam oh the day before I flew home. Wow. Now, in Guam, I was a fireman. And so, you know, we're, uh, we, we had the important job. You know what our job was? What? To blow out the lighter? <laughs> <laughs> Our job was to go around the entire base and pull all the coconuts out of the trees. Hmm. <laughs> because, because at 125 miles yeah. an hour, those become kind of missiles. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really think about it until you, you know, I mean, we would go around with the, you know, we had the ladders. 
So <laughs> the coke. and we would we would load up these these trucks just full of coconuts. We'd take them down and give them to the people at the market. But <laughs> but yeah, that's uh. So I left Texas in a hurricane, and I left Guam in a typhoon. Wow. I don't know if that's Mother Nature's way of saying get the hell out <laughs> or what, but she was pretty clear. They didn't yeah. like me at well, either I place. Remember, I remember telling you when I found out you were going to Guam. The only thing I knew about Guam was that the highest recorded wind speeds on Earth took place on Guam. Typhoon Pamela. Right before the equipment blew away. Yep. Yeah, it was like 300 miles an hour, but then all the equipment just blew God. away, so they don't know how fast it really was. Jeez. That was Hurricane pa- or Typhoon Pamela, and it destroyed the entire island of Guam. And that was back in the 60s, I think. Um, but it, it destroyed the entire island. Which it wasn't a big island, so. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's and then uh, Kyle and I are, um, used to be cat adjusters where we would chase these storms oh, yeah. all over, and uh, so he and I have been through countless hurricanes where we go in after the fact and you know see all the devastation. Well, hey, let's uh, let's pause here and let's get ourselves a break and uh, give these commercials a chance to go ahead and do their thing. So we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, live from a studio in Liberty Hill, Texas, Kyle Hawkins with a weather update. What you got for us, Kyle? I'm watching the radar <laughs> because I know we both have uh, interests in South Louisiana. We do. It looks like I don't know if mine are still Ida there or not. Has gone to Homa and is basically oh, it's gone home. Right, it's gone home. Homa, you know Homa. Homa on the Ranger. You're going to get a bunch of people chasing you down. <laughs> no, they, they can't hear anything right now. All their electricity's gone. As oh, an Indian. I know where they, who they be. Yeah, they'll use you for gator bait. And and feathers, not dots, right? Yes. Okay, got it. Most of the ones I know actually have no hair at all. Yeah. Anyway. The Homa Indians, yeah. It looks like... Uh, yeah, they got that, it res- made it they got that recessive gene. And it's now... Making a beeline to New Orleans. New Orleans. Which is kind of crazy because four or five hours ago, New Orleans started posting pictures of damage when the hurricane was 80 miles away. Oh, yeah. They got uh, one of the guys standing out there from the Weather Channel. Is um, the, the whole roof of one of those buildings is in the street. It's a, right. it's a flat built up. You and I know what that means. Nobody else does. But um, was the entire, it wasn't just a piece of it, Kyle. It was like the whole thing yeah. was laying in the street. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. Oh, you saw it? Right yeah. By it was, the Jackson. Yeah, by the brewery. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, well, what used to be a brewery. So I guess I'll meet you at uh, Bourbon Heat next week. No, we can meet at uh, Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop, one block down, and then we can go anywhere we want to go. No, oh, okay. 
of course, I, I took a <laughs> I took a trip to Kai. Well, it was it was Katrina. I was in I was in Hurricane Katrina, <laughs> and I was working Katrina, and I called up Kyle and I said, "Dude, man, what's a good place to go eat?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, man, okay." Because Kyle used to live there. <laughs> now Kyle used to live there in the freaking nineties, but Kyle used to live there, so. I go and you know he goes, oh, you need to go to such and such and oh man, they got great boudin balls, they got this, they got that. You gotta go. I said, all right, how do I get there? He goes, all right, go down this, and he would talk me, and then he, and twenty minutes later, I'd pull up, I'd go, uh, yeah, they're closed. He says, <laughs> yeah. well, it's it's. In, I said, no, I don't mean they're closed, Kyle. They're not here. They're they're gone. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, where do you need to go? And we did this like four or five times. I'm sure. And all of these places were just gone, uh, and and he never told me where to go. I never got a good place to eat out of him, um, because. Well, every- here's the funny thing, though. Like two months after all that, Troy comes to Austin with a, a trainee, this girl, and we all go to lunch together. Well, the girl was from New Orleans also, and she's like, "Well, where'd you tell him to go?" And I was like, yeah, first place I told him was Semolina's. She's like, oh, I love Semolina's. Yeah. I would have been, that's a great place. She's like, wait, it wasn't there anymore? No. I was like, no, it's not there. So I told her like every place I told him to go. And she like totally agreed that that's exactly where I should have sent him. Yeah. And she was just as shocked as I was to find out that all these different places had closed. Okay. Wow. So I have a feeling this is going to be, gosh, after the pandemic and now this. And New Orleans has been hit hard mm-hmm. with the with the Rona. Um, they, in fact, they were one of the hardest hits of the whole thing, in, including this resurgence. Yeah, uh, they've been getting hit hard. So I mean, all these um, businesses are you know that were closed down for the Rona, or were just barely getting by and just you know starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And now here comes Ida. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it just. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, the name of our show is Exploring the Way. So we try to, you know, look into God's Word and try to get some understanding. And so I'm, I'm from all of this, I'm sitting here going, you know, where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? And then it hit me. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was um, and you can tell me where it is, because, again, I'm one of those that can't really tell you where it is, but I can tell you what it is. But it's when the disciples got in the boat and they were going to the other side of the scene and a big giant storm came up and the disciples are just freaking out. They're just losing it. And Jesus is up in the front taking a nap and, and it gets worse and it gets worse and they're, but they're afraid they're going to fall in and drown. They're afraid they're all going to die. And there's Jesus taking a nap. The guy must've been tired to be able to sleep through all that. But the beauty of that was that the disciples kind of had lost their faith. You know, the fact that God is right there. Yeah. He's right there. You know, you don't think that he's doing what he should be doing. You don't think that he's doing what he ought to be doing, but he's right there. And so you've lost faith in the fact. And I think a lot of what we've gone through in in what's going on in the world today with, with the, you know, the coronavirus and the, and the pandemic and the, the debacle overseas and now this hurricane that's going to hit this poor, you know, I joke a lot about New Orleans, but these poor people that just, I don't know if they can handle it anymore. And I'm sure a lot of them are sitting there going, and, and, and New Orleans and that whole area down there is a very religious area. They're, they're mostly Catholic, but they're yeah. very devout Catholics. And I'm sure they're all going, okay, you know, Jesus, if you're taking a nap, we need you to wake up now. Yeah. What, what, 
that's that's kind of way I feel. What, what do you what do you see? I, I I couldn't say that I wouldn't be in the same boat if I were them. I mean, just I mean, they are a very resilient people as well. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, time after time after time, you just kind of wonder, yeah, um, where is he so I could shake him awake? Um, is he even around? Um, yeah, it's got to be a tough place to to be. Um, you know, what's interesting about that the section of scripture, so it's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible for a lot of reasons. And I and I probably in this segment won't go into the deeper um, significance, I think, about the story. But um, kind of in context of what we're talking about, what's interesting was um, the very start of the story. It says, on that day, uh, when evening came, he said to them, let's go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so they, they hop in a boat. Um, as some of you may know, um, the Sea of Galilee is known for these storms that come out of nowhere. Right, right. Um, and, and, it, and they are terrifying. They can sink ships. They can kill people. Very, very terrifying. So, so they were in all right, um, you know, entitled to be extremely nervous about that. Probably even questioned ahead of time. You know, dude, are you sure? Like this time of the <laughs> year, right clouds now? over. You know. <laughs> um, but uh, so, keeping in mind, Jesus was the one that says, "Let's go to the other side." He gets in, starts cruising along, takes a nap. All this stuff happens. He stays asleep. Um, so they start looking around, freaking out. Um, they wake him up and said, "Teacher, do you not even care that we're perishing?" So then it says, uh, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. This is interesting. And then it says, um, Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Right. So I'm going to kind of unpack this just for a second, because I think there's some significance here. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna, and um, some of this may be a little allegorical, um, but I think it really points to something interesting. So it all starts with Jesus saying, Let's go to the other side. Right, right. And when he says something to you, hey, I want you to start a business. Hey, I want you to adopt a, a child. You know, those are commands that he's um, basically saying, I'm going to walk this out with you. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So he doesn't ever tell us to do something without him being there with us and providing the provision for it and providing the peace along the way and everything else. Now, this is fairly new. Um, well, they were fairly new into their ministry. I mean, this is the fourth chapter of Mark. So Yeah, yeah, they hadn't been around too they much. Weren't, yeah. yeah, so they had just been called. They, Jesus had just been doing a, a few miracles. So these guys are still kind of checking them out. You know, okay, I see some supernatural things here, but, you know, um, we'll see how this thing shakes out. <clears throat> so all the while, I think Jesus walking, talking with them, I mean, it's... it's um, it's safe to assume that he was prepared. He was discipling them, yeah. and he was discipling them to walk out the kingdom of heaven here as it is in heaven. Right. So he was demonstrating for them what was possible when you bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And this is an example where when he gave the mandate, "Let's go to the other side." Yeah, he didn't say, "Let's get in the boat, go in the water." Yeah, he, and he said, also, yeah, he also. Um, yeah, exactly. And so the what he was trying to teach them was when when there's a, a kingdom mandate, we're going to go to the other side for some ministry, all of the resources of heaven are going to be with us. Yeah. And we are completely inside the Father's will, so we have absolutely nothing to worry about. 
So that was that should have been like their their assurance that no matter what they were going to make it because Jesus wanted them to be on the other side. Right. Now again, they were still getting to know this guy, you know, and everything else. Um, I'm not faulting him whatsoever, but um, what's interesting is um, they start looking around, they start freaking out. Um, Jesus said, you know, was was awoken. Um, said hush be still and the, you know and everything else we know the rest of the story um but but so here's the allegorical part so jesus was god mm-hmm. god in the flesh and the disciples were talking to jesus in person so right. allegorically speaking <clears throat> you're speaking to god yeah yes and what is that called prayer i guess exactly okay all right so allegorically well, i guess right. these guys were basically praying star. they were like lord Please wake up and save our life. We're, can't you can't you have mercy on us? Like, look around, man. What are you? What's wrong with you? Praying to him. Hey, God, help me in this situation. Okay. Um, he wakes up. Peace be still. Everything calms down. And he says to them, "Why are you afraid? Do you have no faith?" We're taught as Christians that when we pray, we have faith enough to at least pray. Now, there's the whole mustard seed thing. Yeah. But if I'm in a situation where I'm about to lose my job, I've got a couple choices. One of them could be I just grind it out and I just kind of take my my lucky rabbit's foot, you know, or count on my, luck, my lucky stars, whatever it is, mm. and just, just work it out myself or have enough faith to bring God into that situation. Yeah, and you taught me something, and, and I don't know if this is where you're going, but this is what you taught me because you are one of those few, uh, and, and there's not many of you around. There's every church has two or three or four, you know, but there, there's never a lot of them. What I would call prayer warriors, and I would call you a prayer warrior. Um, and and you taught me to pray expectantly. You taught me to pray as though. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this in such a way that you know, and I don't mean like God. I need a new Lamborghini, and pff, there's a Lamborghini. But as long as we're praying within His will and within you know the realm of that, that we should pray expectingly as though God's going to do it. I mean, he, He's going to do it, um, and you know, even if He doesn't, that's okay. But but we should pray as though He is, and we should also. You also taught me how to pray. <clears throat> by reminding God of his promises mm-hmm. and not that he needs to be reminded, not that, you know, right. God doesn't, God didn't forget about his promises, but in doing that, we are speaking God's word directly back to God. And I think it, it I think it's a better show of faith on our part saying, Hey, I know you can do this. I know you're able, I know that this can happen, but even if you don't, it's okay, right. but I'm going to expect it. And I, yeah. And yeah. So exactly. that's, that's the way you taught me how to yeah, pray. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach him was, was um, when I say something, expect that it's going to happen. Yeah. And so the whole, let's go to the other side, he was, I think, hoping that they would have rest assured that that was going to happen regardless. Whether storm, whether bandits, robber, you know, pirates, whatever, they would have made it because that was kind of God's will. And again, I mean, there's mercy involved in all that other stuff. In fact... Maybe for another um, episode, we'll kind of dive into the rest of the story because um, there's another chance where they're in a boat again with Jesus. Right. 
and a storm rises and everything yeah, else. Yeah, no, I know which one you're talking and, about there, yeah. And, and he kind of rebukes them again. <clears throat> and um, But with this specific one, kind of going back to, so they are kind of praying. Can everybody hear the dog in the background? That's my wonderful <laughs> little puppy. Sorry about that. that anyway. Is, yeah, it's... Uh, um, but what strikes me the most about this thing and what, what caught my attention when it comes to prayer is I, I always thought that I was like the disciples. Something happens in life. Oh, my God, Jesus, like, wake up, wake up. I need you. I need you. I need you. And he usually answers the prayer. And typically when we get an answered prayer, we think, all right, I succeeded in prayer. Yeah. I got my answer. Yeah. That should be the goal in life when it comes to prayer is getting our answer. Jesus gave him the answer and then says, why do you have no faith? Right. And, uh, I mean, this is one of the most complexing verses to me because it's, it makes me check my heart. Am I praying out of fear or am I praying expectantly? Expectantly, yeah. Because even in my prayer, it could potentially be faithless. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and, and I want to touch on that other time about the boat because one of the things and i know that this is probably where you're going with that because and the time that you're thinking of is they were in the boat by themselves this time Uh and the storm came up Uh and again they were rattled and again they were afraid uh but off in the distance they see jesus actually walking on the water the Mm -hmm. the famous walking on the water thing and and he looks at peter and peter looks at him and he says come here yeah because it, it and and so Peter, out of faith, gets out of the boat and walks towards Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Peter realized, holy crap, I'm walking on water. And he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked down and immediately began to sink. And then Jesus reached down and pulled him back up. And I think that's a very compelling uh, illustration of how our eyes always need to be fixed on Jesus, that it's not us walking on the water. It's right. not us with the ability to just get out and walk. Oh, look at me. I'm walking on the water. No, 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 no. I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus, and Jesus is allowing me to walk on the water. Jesus is the one making me, giving me the ability to walk on the water. It has nothing to do with me. And as soon as I forget that, and as soon as I take my eyes off of that, bam, I'm going to sink, and I'm going to I'm gonna go down with the ship, um, which is kind of somewhat just like what you were saying is that you know the faith is that that he's right there and we're praying to him and as long as he's there and as long as we keep our eyes on him then what do we have to be afraid of but in all that in saying that i got a, I got a question for you um what happens when we pray that way and 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 I'll, and I'll tell you the example i'm thinking of here in just a second when we pray that way and we pray expectantly and we pray reminding God of his promises and we pray um, expecting the miracle and expecting everything to be okay and then it tragically isn't and, right. and what I'm talking about is we a couple of weeks ago um, my pastor lost his wife mm-hmm. um, she died of, of complications around COVID my pastor's a very, very faithful man. He's a very godly man. He's a very spiritual man. And I know that he prayed. And I know that my entire church got behind this. I prayed. We all prayed. And we all prayed expectantly. We all reminded God of his promises. And, and, and even you got in on that. I remember you uh, sent him some prayer. 
And God's answer was nope. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we how do we justify that? How do we how do we get through that? I mean, well, how do you get through that? I, I mean, I don't have all, all everything figured out. It took me a very long time to get comfortable with the notion that that I try to fig I try to ask God what His will is before really praying about something. And there's a lot of times where He doesn't t- doesn't tell me. I mean, I try and. And then I just go along with either what's biblical in a situation or what's my what's my heart telling me according to the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever. But <clears throat> but there's a lot of times. This one, um, we had a lady in our church recently pass away due to complications from COVID, and very unexpectedly, very tragically. And um, I think at the end of the day, for me personally, I no matter what happens, and I haven't gone through losing a spouse or or something like that, but it's simply relying on God's goodness, knowing that his ways aren't my ways, knowing that if this person was saved, that, you know, they're in a much better place. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to job loss or, or, you know, some financial distress or something like that. I mean, this is very broad brush, you know, stroke in here, but, um, I have to rely on God being a good father. Yeah. Have to, because, where else am I going to turn? You know, I, I can't rely on the world to, to do me a solid. And I'm sure not intelligent enough to pull myself up by my own bootstraps and, you know, dig myself out of holes at times and mend, you know, um, different things and stuff. You know, I'll give it the college try, but, you know, um, I need I need I need to rely on him man, um, seriously. And and I can only do that knowing that he's a good father and whatever he decides whatever his will is whatever he allows i have to believe in my heart of hearts that it's ultimately for good well yeah and and, you know especially we look at especially situations like this where where there's somebody sick um and close to death or dying and and we pray and we pray and we pray and you know please bring them back Mm -hmm. And, and I have a feeling that that's a very selfish prayer. I mean, when we think about it, when we get back to this, it's a very selfish prayer because we are praying to keep that person from seeing Jesus. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very selfish in that we don't want to lose them. We, we want to keep them around. We love them. We care for them. They have, they have kids. They have a family. They have this. They have that. And they're important to all of these people and they're important to us. And we would be very heartbroken and we would be devastated if we lost that person. But that's, that's a very selfish, when I, when I think about it, it's a very selfish thing. And, and most of our prayers are pretty selfish anyway. I mean, like you said, with the job and with, with everything else, you know, it's, it's usually having to do normally with something about me, unless we're praying for someone else. And then we're still somewhat selfishly <laughs> praying about that. But you know, I look at that and say, okay, what, what about the prayer of the person involved? You know, maybe, maybe they're praying, Hey, I just want to see you. True. I just want to be with you. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to be hurting anymore. I don't want to be this. I just want to be with you. And how do we know that that is not the prayer that got answered? That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for someone who's saved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I do see a lot of times though, like, a lot of parents would take their kids up to Jesus and ask them to, you know, raise them from the dead or heal them. There's mm-hmm. even you know demoniacs and things like that. Um, 
I, I don't know, man. I, I see your point. And to a degree, I, I agree, but I, I, I have to believe that there's like the like the empathetic compassion on the father's side. That of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying of you're course. not. I'm just saying that maybe I lean into that more when praying for the sick. I mean, even, well, we have to. Yeah, I mean, we have otherwise to. we exactly. wouldn't. Yeah, 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 otherwise yeah. we wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, there's commands that we're supposed to pray yeah. and bring them to the uh, right. elders and heal and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think because they did it to Jesus and they didn't get rebuked and Paul says to do it and stuff that we're going to continue. Well, yeah, and, and I think my point in all that is not that we don't pray for them and not that we don't um, you know, try to intercede. And not, not, that's not my point at all. My point is that in those moments of disappointment, in those yeah. moments of, you know, why didn't God answer my prayers? Right. In those moments of why did you take her? You know, we, we can kind of look back and think, okay, she, if, if, if we have real faith, if our faith is real and we believe all the things we're saying, then she has come to the greatest achievement of all time. Yeah. You know, she is with, with Jesus. She is in perfection. She is not hurting. She is, she is with her past relatives. She is in, in the presence of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, you didn't answer my prayer, and it really hurts, and I'm really upset. But if we have the faith that we're talking about here, then we have to, in some ways, rejoice for that. That's true. Yeah, and I know we don't. I know we, we always say it. You know, we're going to celebrate the life of Bob. You know, Bob is a great guy. We're going to celebrate his life. And we never do. We never do. You know, we, 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 you know, we go into the bar and we get drunk. Oh, we're going to have one for Bob, you know. <laughs> okay, you're just an excuse to get drunk. Yeah. Or, you know, we have these parties where we tell all these stories about Bob, and those are great. But when we leave those, we're still sad. When mm-hmm. we leave those, we're still upset. And yeah, then that's yeah, great. But, yeah. it, you know, the Bible also tells us not to grieve as unbelievers that's do. True. Because we have hope. That's very you know, true. It doesn't say we don't grieve. Yeah. It just we don't grieve like they do because we have the hope in knowing that we will see them again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's in all things. And in, yeah. in all our prayers, we can look and say, hey, God did this, or didn't do this, or stepped in, didn't step in, whatever you want to say. But there's always a purpose, and it's always to His glory. That's true. And how many people have we come across over the years that like walked away from the church, walked away from God because of some tragedy mm-hmm. that they thought God was going to come through and, and he didn't do it according to their expectations and therefore they kind of flipped him off and, and walked away. And it's, yeah. it is tragic. Yeah. Because you didn't wait just a little long. Just, yeah, exactly. just wait just a little because there's going to be something. Yeah. God always has something um, in store. You know, it's always there. He's always working for our good. And there's always going to be something around the corner. We just have to have that. I mean, look... You know, Kyle asked me a few weeks ago about a guy named Job, and, uh, <laughs> and the, about who? A guy named Job. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the faith that he had, and and the fact that if he hadn't awaited, if he hadn't have persevered, if he hadn't mm-hmm. gone through that, then then he would have never made it to the other side, and he would have never gotten everything back, and right. he would have never you know been better than he was before. Yeah. Um, and I think that we all, as we go through those things, we just have to have that knowledge that he can calm the storm. Yeah, yeah. He can stop it. It's just a matter of, of when. 
Yeah. It's just a matter of in his time, not ours. And how do we respond if he doesn't? I mean, if, well, if the too, disciples yeah. would yeah. have lost their boat and had to swim to shore, right? Would I bet you many of them would have said, you know what, man, we're done. What the heck with this guy. We're done. Yeah, I don't and, like water. We're done. It's <laughs> kind of a shallow you're attempt. A, to, you're um, a fisherman. I'm just, I mean, I like I to swim. swim in it. <laughs> <laughs> they do the swimming. I don't throw a net I'm over up the boat for a reason. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but like you said, I mean, Jesus said, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. Yeah. If God tells you we're going to the other side, then you can pretty much guarantee you're going to make it to yeah, the other side. Exactly. Now, it, it may not be a straight line like you think it is, exactly. but you're going to get to the other side. Exactly. And you're going to get there alive if he says, we are going to the other side. Exactly. Now, if he had said, get in the boat, and let's go out in the middle of the sea. <laughs> right. You might have a reason to be worried. Yeah. yeah because we're in the middle of the sea. Now what? Mm-hmm. Or if he had said, we're all going over to the other side except for John. <laughs> John, get in the boat. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said I wasn't going to the other side. Oh, you're not. No, yep. But you're getting in the boat. Don't read ahead, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a scene from Goodfellas. Exactly. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Get in the trunk. Um, well, and so uh, when, when I came down with, with a round of cancer, um, I, I remember. Um, like it was yesterday, this was 12, 13 years ago, being in the ER, do, having the ultrasound when the ultrasound tech, we were talking, I mean, I was trying to witness to the girl, we were mm-hmm. just talking about life, mm-hmm. and and she said, um, hey, I got to interrupt, I've got some bad news, and I said, what's that? And she said, I see a mass, uh, we're going to have to get you set up with the urologist ASAP, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here in a few seconds and go call the office and everything else, this was like at midnight on a Saturday. Yeah. And I said, I said, okay, but tell me about, like, so why, you know, and then we, I got back to the story of, of what we were just talking about. She was kind of flabbergasted. <clears throat> she's like, okay, yeah, so whatever, whatever. So she's finished yeah. the story. And, you, and we, you heard what I said, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. she thought I was kind of blowing it off. And in a way I was, and, and I was not detached from the moment. I wasn't dissociating because of the news of, of having cancer or anything like that. It was because in my heart of hearts, I I feel like God, previous to that, had given me mission. I mean, he recently, I mean, this was when I moved to Washington State. It was a very kind of supernatural story. Interesting way of getting up there and everything else. And and so he kind of, just to them, we're going to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. He kind of said that to me in my life, in that kind of season of life. So when this happened, it was like the storm right. to me. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying no, no, that, no. that this it's, is kind yeah. of a, a practical life application for it. I knew that this wasn't going to take me out. Right. I, I knew it because, first off, he's not Because you weren't on the other side yet. Yeah, exactly. I, I hadn't finished the ministry that he told me and showed me and confirmed to me that was going to happen up in Washington. Yeah. It hadn't happened yet. And so, uh, again, I was, I was determined to that this thing was just going to pass as quickly as it came because it wasn't part of his plan um, as it relates to the long term. Right. And sure enough, had surgery. All my markers were down. Um, and it was like life as usual. Uh, I didn't let it um, become the main part of the story. Right. <clears throat> so, Justin, you didn't know Troy then, did you? No. Because Troy's of no help when you were in a medical emergency or medical <laughs> medical crisis let's call it yeah i had a tumor years ago but as it turns out well it it was a big deal but i had an exceptional surgeon 
I had surgery on a Thursday morning and went home by noon on Saturday. In the meantime, with half a brain, Troy convinced me, tried to convince me that I was going to have to wear a special helmet <laughs> after my surgery. Helmet, got to put a helmet on. <laughs> well, if you also recall, Kyle, you sent me over your CT scans. So, yeah. okay, so Kyle sends me these. He, <laughs> Kyle, you know, Kyle's a little nervous. Yeah, yeah they, they told me he's got this tumor. You know, he's like, it's 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 probably benign, but it's it's in half your head. <laughs> it's the size of a of a softball. It's huge. Like a well, why not softball? It was a great big plum. Like, it was big, but that's yeah. big whatever it was. It was big, and it was inside his head, which. I had always said Kyle had half a brain, and I was <laughs> totally right. But anyway, that's beside the point. He um, he sent me a CT scan, and I don't know if you've ever seen a brain on a CT scan, but and I hadn't. But what I saw is all this white stuff everywhere, and then right down the middle was this black tubular-looking thing. It looked like a dog turd. <laughs> I, I'm not lying. I even told Kyle, I said, Kyle, that looks horrible. And Kyle's like, yeah, right? I know. Because he had never seen one either. <laughs> and then my wife walked in. <laughs> She's like, you idiot, that's supposed to be there. There's this tumor right there. Right. And I, went, <laughs> I went, oh, well, that's yeah. not, that's not so bad. Have, you got to have pooper brains under all. Yes, he has a poop head. <laughs> yeah, what you just referred to as a dog turd. I was supposed to have two of those. Yeah. <clears throat> But the tumor had pushed one of them basically closed. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he had instead of two dog turds, he only had one. <laughs> but like I said, he and I didn't ever look at a CT, and I don't think the doctor had explained it yet mm. to him. He had gotten these a little early, and we're just like, "Holy crap, dude! They're gonna pull all that in, man! That looks... T I know, right? Oh my god!" And my wife's like, "You idiots! Look, it's right there." It's like, oh. <laughs> but you know, my reaction I think was kind of similar to yours, Justin, when I met with my surgeon. You know, he just laid it out there for me, what was going to happen and all that. And he was like, well, you don't seem to be too worried about this. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't say I'm not worried. I said, but, you know, from what I can gather, I have a tumor in my head and you're going to take it out. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, beyond that, I'm waiting on you to tell me when there's something else I need to be worried about. And he was like, well, it's a good idea. He said, in the meantime, stay off of Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because... Then you will be worried. And you know what the first thing Kyle did? Google. He went to Google. Yeah, but I figured out pretty quick. I mean, yeah, the people that were on Google were the people that had not had um, a good experience for whatever reason. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I've literally had root canals that were worse than brain surgery. Oh, wow, he looked terrible. Which was kind of funny because Troy came to see me in the hospital. Oh, my Which God. I'll hand it to him. He probably came to see if I was actually wearing a helmet. <laughs> I did. I asked the doctor if he was, you know, how he was going to get his helmet made. He gets there thinking that I'm going to be like in a sling oh, yeah. that has to like hoist me out of the bed. And he got there, and I think I had just walked back from the cafeteria. Hmm. And he's yeah, like, but he looked, so, dude. He had these tubes coming out of his head, yeah. out of his head, wow. and they're dripping gooey, oozy stuff. <laughs> This is brain juice. He's he's dripping brain juice out, 
And he's got these staples, dude, that go from the back of his ear mm-hmm. all the way across over the top and over here. Wow. And so he's got this Frankenstein scar going across his head, tubes that are dripping oozy crap. I walk in and he's kind of just laying there, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, God, he's dead. Oh, they must have him in a coma. And he opens his eyes and goes, what's up, dude? Seriously? <laughs> I said, are you okay? Yeah, man, I'm fine. Wow. I said, are you hurting? Nah, not really. A little headache. <laughs> and that was actually a joke. You yeah. know? I was like, yeah, I guess you would have a little headache. But uh, no, I mean, it was it was no big deal. But I mean, oh. they cut into his brain. I mean, that don't freak you out. I don't know what will. So anyway, he's right. I'm not, I'm not that great in a crisis because... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to pick pallbearers thinking who were, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, it was he and my wife that conspired jointly to convince me that I was going to have to wear a helmet. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. did get even with my wife because in recovery. I think I brought you, know you a helmet. The little I brought you a helmet. Chest to wake you up. Yeah. I, brought, I brought you a helmet, if you recall. Oh, you. I yeah, br- you brought me a football helmet, didn't I you? I did. <laughs> 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 yeah, you brought me one of Hayden's old. Uh, I, I got you an old white football <laughs> helmet, and I brought it yeah, just in case. You did. <laughs> but in recovery, the nurse doing that thing on your chest, and I'm like, "What?" And I wake up, and she's like, "You know, how many fingers?" And I was like, four She's like, "Do you know where you are?" And I was like, "I hope I'm still in the hospital." And she's like, "Do you recognize this person next to me?" And I was like, "Got no idea who that is." <laughs> and it was my wife. <laughs> And the nurse not is, a <gasps> and then my wife was like, I told you not to do that. And the nurse <laughs> not a like, clue. Not Did a you clue. just do that on purpose? And I said, yeah. She said, you're going to be fine. Well. So I did get even with her. That's funny. I think that um, to wrap all this up today, I, I think we need to uh, definitely say some prayers tonight um, for the people of New Orleans and people in the path of this, this storm. Yeah. Um, they're, they're in for a long road. Um, because I remember when Harvey came through the storm itself was no big deal, Yeah, but we spent the next week stuck in our houses with no power and right. water coming up to the doors. And that was, uh, this week, like, you know, like seven years ago this week. Um, no, four years ago this week. Um, we had just moved into this house Yeah, and, um, so yeah, that's the the worst part is not the storm so much. It's it's all the aftermath garbage of cleanup and well, you say no that, but are, are you still uh, do you still keep up? Was wasn't his name like Chuck Wydell or Larry Wydell? Larry died. That's my uncle. Oh. He, he died. I he don't died think of, I knew that. Yeah, he died of COVID a couple of months ago. In Galliano. Golden Meadow? Mm-hmm. Okay, well. His wife, Dot, uh, still lives there, but she's with my cousin, uh, Joe Wydell. Um, and he lives in Baton Rouge. I think they went to be with my other cousin, his sister, uh, Beth, and they're in Lake wow. Charles. As long as they're not still in Galliano. Galliano no, they're definitely not in Galliano. They're, they're definitely not down in Golden Meadow area. They're, uh, they're either in Baton Rouge, which I'm really hoping they're not, or they're over in Lake Charles, which I'm thinking they had the, you know, and nobody was going west. So they probably had an easy time of getting there if, if they went to Lake Charles. Um, and Lake Charles is going to get a little rain, you know, it's going to get a little breezy, but no big deal. Um, but yeah, no, Uncle Larry Dean, he, he passed away um, 
three or four months ago, uh, complications of COVID. Very similar to my pastor's wife where it was okay for a few days, went by, everything was fine. Put him in the hospital, started putting him on oxygen, put him on CPAP, put him on BiPAP, and things just didn't get better. So they intubated him and he just never made it out. Jeez. And it was a matter of just a couple of days. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he used to be the sheriff down there. Then he was on the council, and then here he's he stayed pretty active in the community. He was still on the city council down there. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we need to uh, we need to really be thinking about them in our prayers. Yeah. And uh, and then as the days go by, anything we can do to to help them out, you know, we should probably try to do so. So if you're listening to this podcast and uh, you're wondering um, how to help, just just keep your eyes on the TV. They'll tell you. Um, but I tell you, some of the biggest help is you know if you get a chance to go down there and help people clean up. That's that's usually the biggest help they can get. So till then, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Um, hopefully, if this made it to YouTube, it'll make, definitely make it to YouTube on the the, the audio. So that's I've already, we've already got a bunch of stuff on audio on YouTube right now. Hopefully the video will come out on this one. We'll see here shortly. And if it does, then... Hi. <laughs> Wave to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Kyle still clickety-clacking his, yep. his computer, which we hear every click you make, by the way. <laughs> so the, I sent you a little chat text message that says, Hey, I can hear your mouse clicking. <laughs> I guess you didn't get oh, it. I don't see that. It's it's under chat if you look under the chat on the thing. Anyway, doesn't matter. So hopefully this will be our uh, our, our threesome debut into, yeah. into the YouTube world. Uh, if not, yeah, we'll try again later. I haven't quite got all, you know, us rednecks hadn't quite got all this yeah, stuff figured out. Yeah, we're getting close. Though. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, you know, give us some ratings. Tell us what you think. Share it with somebody else, and uh, and like I said, most of all, try to try to give us those five stars. So, Justin, yeah. Till next time, brother. It's great seeing you, Kyle. Adios, America. Well, it's not just America. We're yeah. in yeah. we're in just about every country out there. I think tens of listeners, just that tens of them. <laughs> <laughs> to the world, good night. Yes, and to everyone else, do you know where your children are? God bless y'all. See you guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.